Welcome to She's Running, the podcast all about women who are running for office, from school board to Senate and everything in between. I'm Emily Jackson. Today's guest is Taylor Harrell, chairwoman of Millennial Women Lead Pack. Hey, so I'm back. Thanks for coming back to the show after our two-week hiatus. I had an amazing vacation. It was really great to get away from everything and do nothing but have fun for a week and a half. Then I came home and immediately got the flu. (laughs) So yeah, I came down hard from my vacation high. I'm still a little stuffy, which you can probably hear, but I'm back. Last Tuesday was an amazing election day for women. There are tons of think pieces about it, but I have to call out some of these women specifically. In Minnesota, Andrea Jenkins became the first openly transgender person of color to win public office, and she'll be on the city council. Seattle elected Jenny Durkin, its first openly lesbian mayor and the first woman mayor of Seattle in almost 100 years. Ashley Bennett decided to run after the Atlantic County freeholder mocked the Women's March, and yeah, she beat the pants off that guy. And 22-year-old friend of the pod, Heather Ward, won her school board seat. V. Lyles will be the first black woman mayor of Charlotte, North Carolina. Sheila Oliver is now New Jersey's first ever black lieutenant governor. And in Virginia, oh, Virginia, they elected the first two Latina women, one being friend of the pod, Elizabeth Guzman, the first Asian woman, friend of the pod, Kathy Tran, the first openly lesbian woman, and the first openly trans woman, all to the House of Delegates seats. Not only did women run and win, but this new crop of politicians includes women of color, trans women, queer women, and young women. But the fight doesn't stop here, folks. This is just the beginning of a new political era. The 2017 elections may be wrapped, but 2018 is so close you can taste it. 2018 is going to be a huge political year. A total of 468 seats in the U.S. Congress, 33 in the Senate, and All 435 House seats are up for election on November 6, 2018. We have to use this excitement, this momentum. Get involved now with a campaign. We have our work cut out for us if we want to put a woman in every one of those seats. So you contacted me about this amazing pack which is obviously right in my wheelhouse called Millennial Women Lead Pack. Yeah. Please tell me just, I want to know everything. I love this idea so much. Yeah. So there's like been a lot of speculation or reasons why women don't run for office. And it's because we don't have like access to money and things of that nature. So I was like, hmm, well, why don't we just organize our dollars because organized bodies and organized money wins elections, right? Mm-hmm. So I said, let's start. I said, I should start a pack. And then um, I was trying to think of like what I would name the pack. And I'm very partial to women my age. So I'm just like millennial women. And then I was like, millennial women lead because there is a woman um, in our, the Michigan legislator. Mm-hmm. And she has a pack called Strong Women Lead. And it's not um, particular to partial to uh, older women, but for the most part, older women like go to her pack. And so I was like, this will just specifically target women in my age range, age range, so 18 to 35. And that's kind of how we started. And I, um, it became an idea shortly, not not after Trump won, mm-hmm. but that that definitely spearheaded it. <laughs> um, 
So in January, it was like really a thing. Like I could get this going. And then I officially launched and registered everything, got all the paperwork back in March, which is Women's History Month. That was, so that was really exciting. And so I was going to do an official launch this summer, but I've been running a city council campaign. So I haven't had a lot of time. So at the end of this campaign, which is in just 19 days, we'll be having a really big launch the first week of December. So I'm really excited about that. All right, perfect. Okay, so I have so many questions. To me, a pack sounds really intimidating. It does. So how did you like even begin to start the process of, I'm going to start one of these? I, so I don't know. Like, (laughs) I just know that women struggle with finding money for campaigns. Mm -hmm. And then I'm exploring a run myself in a little while. And the first thing that came to my mind was, where's the money going to come from? And I was just like, we need organized money. So it kind of, it just became a thing. And I was just researching it. Um, just, I just did a lot of research and I was like, this is, this is what I'm going to do. I don't know. Things just come to my head (laughs) and I just go for it. Um, I've always been the one to be outside of the box and I've never, I hadn't seen, it hadn't, I hadn't seen a lot of people, um, taking the initiative to organize dollars for campaigns. Mm -hmm. So I felt that it was my, it was just, it was something I had to do. Okay. I want to make sure and let people know who you are. So who are you and what is your position? I am Taylor Harrell. I am the chairwoman of Millennial Women Lead, a chairwoman and founder. Is that, you want to know my position in life or (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What is your position in life? Okay. Sorry. So right now I am the campaign manager for Councilwoman Mary Sheffield. She was the uh, youngest person ever elected to Detroit City Council at the age of 26, just four years ago. So she did make history in our city. And right now we are running um, a really strong and fierce race against um, the current county commissioner for District 2. So she has, she's been the, the commissioner since the year I was born, 1993. And she, um, after we had like a little uh, run-in and I was talking to her, and she told, she explained to me that she would be running for city council against Councilwoman Sheffield. I had, you know, asked her, you know, hey, what made you decide to run? And she said it had always been a dream of hers. And it was just really alarming to me that 24 years later, you would want to take a step down from the county commission and run for city council. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I knew that I had to help the councilwoman in any way I could. And I had interned with the councilwoman before I had moved to D.C., and I just, I had to help her. And so I volunteered a lot um, and I started working for her. And then she was just like, hey, you want to do this thing for me? And I was like, yeah, what? She says, I need you to take control. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I don't know if I could do it, but she's really trust- entrusted me with this. And so I'm running it like it's my own. And I couldn't ask for mm-hmm. a better job. Like we work 12 hour days every day um we're going to go back uh, when i'm done recording this i'm going to go back to the campaign office and make yard signs again um and we'll probably go put some out at people's houses tonight and then do it all over again at 8 a.m but i can honestly say i go to sleep at night uh and i can't wait to wake up in the morning and go back to work because i love it that's awesome love that and you are located in detroit right right yes 
Okay. You are on the younger end of the millennials. I am on the older end of millennials. (laughs) (laughs) We're all good, though. We're all good. We all have the same, you know, attitude and view that we can all change the world. I, I really do think that I can change the world. And my mom, a lot of people laugh because when I was little, uh, when I say be like seven years old, I had um, had a Time for Kids magazine. And um, do you remember those? Did you ever get those? Yeah, uh-huh, I do. It was uh, it was the presidential, George Bush was running in his first presidential election. And um, I had brought it home. And I think I think it was John Kerry. John Kerry ran against Al Gore first. Mm-hmm. So I drew on John Kerry's face because everyone around me was drawing on John Kerry's face. We sat in like quads. And so everyone in my little quad was drawing on John Kerry's face. So I brought it home. And my mom is one of those parents who looks at everything that you do at school that day. And she asked me, why did you do this? And I said, what do you mean? She says, why did you draw on his face? And I said, because Brianna drew on his face. And so she says, no, you want to draw on the other guy's face. <laughs> and so um, she then she kind of explained to me why we were Democrats and why we didn't want um, George Bush to win. And it's, since then, it's kind of stuck. I've always... I just, I haven't thought of anything else. I knew once she explained to me why we were Democrats and why we needed a Democratic president to lead this country, I really kind of wanted to get involved with that and help push that agenda. Like, just as a single parent, as a minority, as um, someone who didn't make a lot of money, uh, we just couldn't, she said we couldn't stand to have a Republican president. We wouldn't make it. And so... I've just been trying to push the Democratic agenda since I was seven. And in fifth grade, when George Bush ran again and won, I missed the school bus because I was crying. And she told me that she would never, ever let me watch politics again uh, because I had missed the school bus and I was hysterical. (laughs) (laughs) And look at you now. And it didn't work. (laughs) Did you get involved in politics like in high school or college? Um, it was college. I okay. went to Bowling Green State University. I went there my when I was a junior in high school, actually, and they were having a protest. Mm-hmm. I have no idea what the protest was. I just thought it was really cool. I like making ruckus and causing noise. You know, that's kind of my thing. <laughs> and so I went and I protested with my best friend, and uh, that was that. And I didn't think anything of it. Uh, and my freshman year, when I was finally going to college, they had an Ohio for Romney meeting. And I knew I was a Democrat and I knew I wanted Obama to win, but this Ohio for Romney sign said, hey, free pizza to everyone who comes. (laughs) In college, you're starving. So I- Anything for free pizza. Yes, anything for free pizza, of course. So my roommate had bet me $20 to go. And then he backed out and said, I'm going to go with you because he was hungry too and we didn't have any (laughs) money. So we went to the meeting and they asked us, um, well, they didn't ask us. They just asked everybody in the room, is there anyone here for Obama? And I raised my hand. My roommate did not, but I did. And it was really, it kind of just caught me off guard. And I'm not a good liar. So I just raised my hand. And the Ohio, for I mean, the college Republican president 
uh, the college, de- the college Republican president, yeah, he um, told me to come to the front of the room. He says, don't be shy, just come to the front of the room. And so he asked me, was there anything that he could say to make me uh, want to vote for Romney? And I said, no, not really. And so he said, well, um, at the end of the meeting, I'm going to give you the number to Joe Joseph Schwartz. And Joseph Schwartz was the um, college Dems president at Bowling Green. And he said, you can get involved with the Ohio for Obama campaign that way. And so um, at that moment, I was really, really proud to uh, be able to work with an, uh, with uh, someone from the opposing opposing party mm-hmm. to um, really just push forth what we truly believe in. And so I, um, at the end of the meeting, I got the information. Uh, a lot of people were trying to talk to me and ask me to come and volunteer with the Ohio Romney team. And I said, no, I was definitely there for the pizza. And I got to take home a box of pizza because... I was just that desperate. And um, uh, since then, I was able to um, write, uh, get petitions, get people registered to vote. Um, and at, on college on our college campus, we went door to door in Bowling Green and then in Finley and Toledo. And we um, were able to organize more volunteers for Ohio for Obama. We were able to bring President Obama to Bowling Green for him to deliver um, the same speech that he gave at the, gave it somewhere, I can't remember. He had gave, he had given the speech and we watched it um, on TV mm-hmm. and he delivered the same speech at our school, but he tailored it to Bowling Green. And I was just like floored. I was like, oh my God, this is Obama. I still have the pictures on my Instagram. It's amazing. <laughs> and um, since then it's been history. I was offered an opportunity to be an organizer for America, organizer for America through the Hillary campaign, Hillary Michigan coordinated campaign for Hillary Clinton. So of course, I took the first uh, plane smoking back home to help get the first female president elected. Right, and so that was fun. I door knocked. I knocked on a lot of doors. Right now, I am, like I said before, managing a campaign for Mary Sheffield, and I've sent. Since August, we've knocked over 22,000 doors. And my motivation really is that um, the lo- what happens in D.C. is important, but what goes on at a local level is far more important. If we organize better at the local level, then we can essentially attack what's happening at the federal level as an organized body from the ground up. And so that's kind of my motivation behind um going when it's raining. It hasn't snowed yet, but when it's raining, when the wind is blowing really hard, I'm just thinking like we have to organize from the ground up um, if we want better results in 2020. And now you have a pack. And now I have a pack. So is your pack going to be focused on state candidates, Detroit candidates, national? Well, the way I filed the paperwork, which was my fault, it could, I can only endorse candidates in the state of Michigan, whether it's okay. like a local, um, it could be local county or state level. Um, so I'm going to do that over for our midterm elections. And then moving forward after 2018, I do anticipate expanding it to endorse nationally. Right now through Instagram, and our website will be up as soon as this election over the first week of December, which is really exciting. I'm going to feature um, millennial women from across the state. Mm-hmm. Even if we can't uh, financially get, um, endorse them, we can elevate them in their platforms through our website and through connecting other women. I think that will still give them the leverage they need to get um, to get their names out there and to have people donate. They don't have to essentially donate to the PAC to help them. They can just go right to their websites through our website 
and say, hey, I want to give her $10, $100, $1,000, whatever her campaign may need. I want millennial women lead to um, give them access to those women. So what gave you the idea to start a PAC? Um, women, uh, after Trump won, we knew that a lot of women had said, hey, I'm going to run for office. And I they they just didn't have the money, or they, but they would stop or be afraid because they I don't know I don't have the money to do it mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm gonna do where who's gonna pay for my yard sale who's gonna pay for my t-shirts um, we are like who, the same people that pay for the men's <laughs> campaigns um, people and so I wanted them to feel I have a sense of power by mm-hmm. knowing that they have a collective group of women rooting for them and so I want millennial women to be that crutch that they need or to lean on to move forward. We have a lot of organizations uh, giving women the tools that they need to run. They have Emily's List, which does a great job with endorsing, and we have Emerge America, who does a great job training. Um, And Emily's List, Emily's List does both. Emerge only trains. Mm -hmm. So millennial women women lead will only endorse. So we don't need the trainings. Uh, We will just, uh, to how to run for office, we will just simply endorse. I was thinking um, it's it's still in the cards to hold like an internship program and uh, build women into political operatives. I like so not running for office, but being a campaign manager like myself, or being a finance girl. Fi- financial reportings are really really important. They mm-hmm. can really help a campaign, and or they can really hurt a campaign because if you file it wrong, that's a fine. Um, and you don't want those fines to be tacked onto the campaign. And then people look at how you uh, how how do you budget on a campaign? It's kind of like how you handle a budget if you're running for mayor or if you're running for Congress. They would kind of want to see that and who donates to the campaign. So mm-hmm. if someone, if you're not comfortable, like we have a couple people here in Michigan who say they love Councilwoman Sheffield, right? But they don't want to upset our opponent, so they would donate it through a PAC. So you wouldn't necessarily know who the money is going to. And that Millennial Women League can kind of funnel the money through in a good way, not in a sneaky way, but in a good way. It can funnel <laughs> the money to that campaign without everyone feeling like they're like they're feeling betrayed. And right. so I want it to just be safe, easy, comfortable, and do what it do what it's supposed to do. Do it through diligence. Put women in office um, without having the financial burden of running a campaign because it can be very costly. Well, that's really exciting. I I love that you're doing this, you know, kind of behind the scenes work because there are so many candidates out there who are amazing, but they also need amazing people helping them. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So many, it's so many amazing women who, who just all they, they just need a push and it's not a push to tell them to run. It's just a a, a push of a button. Hey, I need $200. Like, can you help me? And I, I just, that's, that's, I think that's just my purpose here on earth is to just help other women. Um, and I feel like financially is um, the best way to do that. It's just money, money makes the world go round. Unfortunately, it definitely does. Okay. Well, where can people find you until you get your website up? Okay. So until the website is up, I am always on Instagram. Um, it's Millennial Women Lead. And on Twitter, it is Mill, so M I L L, 
they really need to change that. I can't, I couldn't like <laughs> millennial. And so we're on Twitter and then we do have an, um, an email address, millennialwomenlead at gmail.com. And so those are the best ways to contact. Um, and my cell phone number is on the Instagram and I, I'm very open. My, I've had the same number since sixth grade. And so everyone has my phone number, so I'm not afraid to like post it or have people call me. Yeah, that's how they can find me. And then, like I said, the website will be up the first week of December. So just look out for that. And I'm really excited to um, elevate millennial women. We have a lot of people running here in Michigan um, that we definitely need the finances. And um, moving forward to 2019, I'm hoping to help a lot of other women on the local level. And as they gear up for um, the state level and federal level in 2020 when we elect a new president. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm sure you will just be flooded with women who are excited for your support. Yes, yes, that would be exciting. I'm looking forward to it. I love helping women. We need to help. We need to support each other for sure. Agree. Well, thanks for chatting with me problem. Thank you. Yeah. And that's it for today. Big thanks to Taylor, chairwoman of Millennial Women Lead Pack. You can find her on Instagram at Millennial Women Lead and on Twitter at Mill, M-I-L, Women Lead. Thanks for listening to the show. I am actively looking for women to have on the pod. So if you want to pitch your fave lady candidate, Email me at she's running pod at gmail.com or tweet me at at she's running pod. Speaking of social media, you can find and follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at at she's running pod. And that's it for today. Thanks. Talk to you soon.